Tonight on the Big Footy Podcast, we talk all things St Kilda with Cookson. The Old Dark Navies gives us a lecture on the success rate of coaches after mid-season coaching changes, and Messenger updates us on the status of Nelson Mandela. All this and more, coming right up. Welcome to the 10th episode of the Big Footy Podcast. They said we'd never make it, but we did. Congratulations to everyone. With me, as always, is uh, the Old Dark Navies. Yes, yes. Splendid to be here. <laughs> Messenger. Hello. Chief is here. Good evening. And uh, joining us for the first time ever on the podcast uh, from the St Kilda board, uh, Cookson. What's up? Yes. Only nine years out of late. It's always someone. <laughs> Guys, uh, we got a lot to get through tonight, and uh, we were expecting some other people who uh, apparently have other priorities and good on them. But um, so, what were your highlights from the weekend? And look, I think we'll begin with uh, the new guy, uh, Chief. <laughs> um. <laughs> I can't go past the uh, the fact that the um, Carl Collingwood game went for 20 minutes and we rocked in it. Um, I don't know what happened after that. I think they just caught full time and said, that's enough. It's awesome. Um, so, yeah, that's the highlight. I love people that were drinking and like, were so drunk after the first seven goals that we kicked that they can't remember <laughs> the rest of the game. <laughs> uh, I'm Messenger, right what was your highlight, mate? Who, me? Yeah, I, said, I did say Messenger. There were no highlights this week again. No? No, only pain. You guys have the bye this week? No, but Shalong did. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh because we were abominable. Cookson, what was your highlight from the weekend, Matt? Uh, probably seeing how Melbourne played against Richmond. It's this good counter-attacking footy, which was very entertaining to see. Well, not if you're a Richmond supporter, but they should be used to disappointment. <laughs> no one here is a Richmond supporter on the podcast at the moment. But they do listen, and I'm sure you'll be popular with them now. Uh, the old Dark Navy. <laughs> oh, no. The Richmond supporters. <laughs> yeah, Messenger. I think it's his mission to be hated by everyone. Whereas I'm just hated on the Essendon board. So, you know. so that was me. That was my highlight. Um, fr- 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 it's very hard to have highlights from the weekend when you lose another Friday night game. There's so many weekends that have been destroyed. But uh, Geelong's 12th win in a row against Hawthorne uh, was pretty 11. Impressive. Is it is it 11? 11 in a row, yeah. It was 11. What do you, 11 avatars are out? Uh, 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 well, After I'm, 10, I'm, do you keep counting? You just say lots. Uh, it, do, it doesn't matter. Like, it, a, <laughs> like a Middle Eastern <laughs> tribal village. We'll, we'll give him another one. We'll, lots. Surely it's like a baker's dozen soon anyway. They'll add one on. But um, yeah, yeah. SJ, SJ was running around the running around the podcast last week. It was, it was like it was like the movie The Warriors. He was like, Messenger, come out and play. <laughs> and he was nowhere to be seen. He was, I, he was hiding in subways trying to get his way back to Glen Ferry. 
I had very important <laughs> business. But I tell you what, listen, listen. There's a lot made of this Hawthorne-Geelong antagonism on the boards, but there's some humanity as well. And I actually had a, a PM sent to me this week after the loss. And I thought, I wouldn't usually read a PM out on the podcast, but I thought I might do so tonight. Can I do that, Wookie? Just to show... Yeah, no, no. yeah. Let me read this out to you. Dear Messenger, an 11th straight win is in the bag, and while this situation gives me enormous joy, I cannot but help begin to feel a degree of sadness at the plight of Hawks fans. So many close losses must cause a degree of pain I haven't felt since I pinned my hopes to Kane Tenace. I hope you and your ilk can keep this run of losses in perspective. Go home and hug your kids. Watch a sunrise. And understand that despite your football team being as useless as a chocolate teapot when confronted by blue hoops, life is still worth living. Warmest regards. Name withheld. P.S. Only joking, hawk scum. Suck a bag of dicks. And I think, really, that, that shows you that, that there is some humanity in Geelong supporters and they, they do feel our pain and, and understand us. And it, it, it touched me in a special place this week. And I, I, yeah. Nobody warned me that we needed tissues. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's what you've got to expect tonight, Cookson. More, more of that material. Um, yep. My highlight from the weekend, though, uh, the, the the Scott brothers, uh, again with their uh, joint complaining about things AFL related, and this time uh, they're after the match review panel. Um, so uh, Chris Scott on <laughs> Chris Scott complaining about loading points on the uh, on on the couch, and um, Brad Scott joining in today. So I love how they complain about stuff together, though. It's never oh, just like, one of them complaining. <laughs> They're good they brothers. So- They're good brothers. Also, we need to see their faces when the reactions, when they get told out that the X player gets a suspension. Just, you know. Or when we're seeing him on TV, just saw that red button for Scott Brother face. I mean, you can make a mid selling that. I, I, I reckon that. the press button for Chris Scott Brother. For rage. <laughs> I think that'd be awesome. Oh, when the Saints were watching it. And as uh, we've mentioned, uh, Cookson is here from the St Kilda uh, supporters group on the, on the Big Footy Board, and so we're going to talk all things St Kilda with him for a little while, um, a little bit like uh, a lamb quailing before some rather odd and. Uh, Distant lines, perhaps. But uh, and so, Cookson, how have you seen the season so far for St Kilda? Well, apart from three wins, it's been quite terrible for us. I mean, we have been competitive in some losses, but I think some of them we've just been flogged, like the Essendon one, uh, the Richmond one, and probably a couple others. We're in the probably the first year of a good five-year rebuild. Just need to get the youth in, need to focus on getting some key defenders, which has been a massive Achilles heel for us for two years. So, yeah, it's been pretty terrible so far. So hopefully we can just be competitive, maybe snag a win or two, and just sell some hope to the members and the supporters for next season. And with Rewalt's played well, which is a good positive for us, and 
We've got Lenny has just come back, which is another positive since he had some more solid grunt to our midfield. Robertson has pretty much well been probably our third best player, and Jack Stephen has became even better and is probably soon going to take over the opposition coach's number one focus instead of Nick Del Santo, which hopefully can improve us. Okay. Guys, questions or comments? I I'll, I'll might kick off if that's okay. How, Ross Lyon had this team up for a long time and, and couldn't win a flag with them and, and, and probably in a, in a list management sense kept uh, building for the now and and trading for um, uh, ready-made players and, and really probably mortgaged the future on, on an opportunity to, to win a flag. Do you feel like Scott Waters has been handed a, handed a pig in a poke here and he's really still paying for, for Ross Lyons' list management? Yes, yeah, Scott Waters has been given quite a crap job, but it's not just Ross Lyons' fault. As I think if you look at it from as drafting from 2004 or or 2003 to 2010, there's not a lot of players there, and it's just really quite bad. It's just they were meant to players are now mentally fatigued from losing two flags. Just the sense of, oh, we can't go on, and all that, as probably you could see by Brendan Goddard in 2011 and 2012, he just wasn't the same, and now he's come to Essendon, and he just went better. So, again, it's probably just a serious combination of a lot of factors getting in there and just Scott Waters has to redevelop and rejig the list and just out what well, kind of out with the old and in with the new just get some young players who aren't mentally fatigued as much so yeah because you look at Geelong they win premierships and just their senior players just yep we're here let's go when you compare to some St Kilda players who are kind of lazy and just kind of uh what are we doing this for? Or we'll just suffer heartbreak and et cetera. So, I mean, but really, you've still got a relatively old list really there, haven't you? You've still got a, sort of the, 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 the main core of that, of those Ross Lyon teams there, haven't you? Yeah. So that, those guys, you could, I guess what I'm getting at is you could get much worse before you get better. Yeah. It's probably a very realistic opportunity. I mean, probably 2014 and the early first half of 2015, Season will probably be really bad for us, but you have to ride it because pretty much we've won at least 10 or 11 games this season since 2003 or four, and we've been up for quite a while. It's unfortunate to win a flag, yes, but all of this just takes a good solid three years of drafting by us. Hopefully 2012 and 2011 can be kind of a base for us so we can shoot up and hopefully compete by the end of this decade. I don't advise him shooting up, though. That got Essendon into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought I'd add that. That's good advice, Chief. That's terrific stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Say, say no to drugs. You can cut that out. Cut that out. <laughs> no, 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 don't. Cookson, can I just ask you about your... Um, about St Kilda versus Carlton. You've got such a good recent record in the, you know, over the last several years against Carlton. And it, even though you know, you've won three games for the year, but one of them was against Carlton. Uh, I mean, Carlton 
Carlton thought that they had turned all that around and St Kilda should have been an easy win this year. You just uh, you, th- you think you just match up very well, that you actually prepare for that game. It's, it's something you, you, there seems to be some sort of a rivalry there for St Kilda. Uh, or <laughs> uh, as, we, as, as, as has been discussed everywhere during the week, you think it's just a case of, uh, you know, you think Carlton are pretty, pretty weak and can be pushed around? I think probably it's the second one. Like St Kilda perceives this Carlton team as weak, like physically and unafraid to get into contests. And because when you see, like, I think the majority of the last couple of games we played Carlton, you've seen some of St Kilda players, like, get into the faces of Carlton supporters or Carlton players. It's like also end of 2012, there was pretty much Andrew Walker started said, right, I've had enough of this and went straight after Stephen Milne, which was probably a good sign by Carlton then. So maybe think they need to bring that attitude that Andrew Walker showed last year against Stephen Milne into this week's game. I mean, we'll be playing a probably young team, so we will run out of legs by the fourth quarter. So I think for Carlton to beat us, they just need to get physical, get really aggressive. Would you say to be a problem that you think us, Carlton so? play Bruce free football? <laughs> well, no offense to Carlton supporters, but I do think they are play Bruce there's hardly, free footy. There's hardly any Carlton supporters on this podcast. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll say this though on that: um, I don't think Carlton supporters are so much offended by people saying that we're playing Bruce Free Football or that we play Bruce Free Football as we are offended by the fact that that is exactly what we are doing at the moment. So... I mean, you got Mitch Robinson, who's really hard and aggressive, that really kind of got... You just weak, like, can't kick that well on the outside. You got Judd, who's Chris Judd. You got Jared Waite, who I think from memory is kicked five goals the last time against us. He plays really well against us. And you got Andrew Walker, who again showed up be be really physical. But as probably you've all seen the image of Bryce Gibbs well, shirking a contest away from Stephen Milne, who's a <laughs> well known man mountain. <laughs> so he's just like six how many foot year, four. How many years ago was that near? I know, we're meant to be talking about St Kilda. Let's talk we about St Kilda. Cause, <laughs> and we, we might talk about Carlton later because Mark McClure said something beautiful. On anyway, back to St Kilda. Back to St Kilda. Um, so you talking earlier on, we were talking about identifying key areas where St Kilda need to improve and you talk about key defenders. Is there any concern about the top end, the, the, your top end, Del Santo and Rewald, actually leaving the club? Del Santo thinks a free agent at the end of this year. Uh, Nick Del Santo has a, pretty much if he passes the medical at the end of the year, he gets an automatic contract extension. So I'm not really concerned about Nick Del Santo. But if he leaves, he's provided 250 high quality games and good sure. luck to him. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So, so you're saying he's got a contract option or you're saying that they'll just he can stay as long as he likes, in other words. Yeah, pretty much as if he passes the medical, just pretty much he gets a contract. So he can stay as long as he wishes. That's how I got on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Turn your head and cough. All right, you're on. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I wondered why the rubber gloves came out, but anyway. <laughs> Any other questions or comments, guys? 
So well, I mean, let, I mean, Messenger's been saying, well, all year that St Kilda are just not good at professional football. I, mean, I do recall him saying that several times. Mm, um, you know, let, I just thought I'd drop, try to drop him in it, but cut that out. Without, without, without uh, going into any specifics, here is um, is number forty four playing this week, Cookson, as far as you're aware. Well, I'm not that sure, but I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't play him this week because Carlton supporters would show up and they would give him a load of crap. Is oh, that going to happen every? They wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably wait to the Port Adelaide game because there'll be less Port supporters in Melbourne and it'll be a St Kilda home game. <laughs> and also, yeah. And also, I really think that Scott Waters sees the Khan game as one we can get up, so Cozzy also won't be playing this week. Well, I'll assume so. Sorry, isn't this isn't sorry? You, isn't this Cozzy's two hundredth coming up? Yeah, he, yeah, it is. But I think because it's a away game for St Kilda, they probably would wait a week when it's a port game. Where it'll be a home game, so it'll just be uh, easier. All right, so they can have a the have a Justin Kaczynski video montage on the big screen as it, before he comes out. <laughs> yeah, just eliminate <laughs> anything post the answer accuser hit. Well, except for Robert Harvey's three fifty, but yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So yeah, yeah, that'd be quite a video. You'd love to watch that on YouTube, actually. Yeah. So, Cookson, what have you got coming through? Like in in the reserve, uh, like your reserves are at. Um... Sandringham at the moment. Yep. Um, what, what's coming through there that would excite Saints fans? Oh, uh, well, there's a lot. All of us are pretty much excited by young Spencer White, who's going to be a key forward. Apparently, regarded as the next Buddy Franklin, but he'll be a project <laughs> player for us. So we'll be taking it time instead of just shoving him into deep end because he's really doesn't have the body for AFL footy yet. And there's also, well, we look at also some stats that. Tom Curran has... It gets a lot of touches in the... He's on our rookie list. He gets a lot of touches in the reserves. Questions over his disposal efficiency and same with Tom Ledger. But also we have... I think a majority of our good young players are playing. They're our first team now with Murdoch, Saunders, uh, Tom Lee, who against Frio played really well. Uh, Tom Hickey, who... Again, Ruckman, Gold Coast, very hyped up. Aaron Sipos, who's not in the greatest of form now, but his kicking skills really excite our Saints fans. I mean, if he builds up the tank, gets endurance, then pretty much he could be a good third tall and swing man that we can shove at both ends. So, yeah, there's some exciting players. Just just hopefully we're now playing them in our first team instead of letting them be in Sandringham. Yeah. You've got a few mid-tier players that could probably come out of the team as well, haven't you? Because I, mean, I remember watching Sipos's debut a couple of years ago. He played, it was actually against Hawthorne. He was very good. I think he's probably a forward long-term rather than a defender, but he's, um, he, he's as you say, a good third option probably or a second option at best. But, yeah, he, he's, he's certainly very promising. Yeah, because, yeah, he is very promising, Cross, because he adds kind of an unknown dimension to our forward line because pretty much probably the best kick at St Kilda's team, I mean, which can be good for our forwards who will have questions of accuracy over time. So we can very well Cosie Milne, not the best goal kickers. Mm. But, yeah, we're just he'd develop a tank because I think Waters has busted him for being lazy at times, which 
can be seen where it doesn't harass, tackle, and really has some good forward presser, well, pressure. So, yeah, we're really excited about Stipos and also, uh, yeah, we also got Sam Denal, who is in and out of the team, but is quite good with skills. Is he son of Frank Denell? Does anybody know? Yeah, he is. He is the son of Frank Denell. Essen ah. were apparently going to grab him in the... Uh, they were going to grab him somehow and think he would have beat him better into it, so... Well, Tom Curran is the son of um, Peter Curran, too. Yeah. 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 Hmm. And Bo Is Bo Dowler on your rookie list? Bo... Dowler? Oh... Uh... Oh, he might be at Sand- he might just be on Sandringham's list. Yeah, I think he's Sandringham defender. Yeah, I just think because he's one of Chris. You've got Chris Pelchin down there as well, and he's one of Chris Pelchin's um, uh, follies with top ten draft picks. So it might be a bit of a. Uh, hopefully, his uh, drafting has improved. Yeah, hopefully. I think that's why we got him there anyway, because he helped build up Hawthorne's two thousand eight list, and we're just hoping. He can do the same magic to Saints. Cookson, can I just ask you um, what your feelings are towards uh, Brendan Goddard? And, and Saint, what's the vibe with Saints supporters in general? Is there any sort of any sort of hard feelings there the, the way the way he left? It really depends on who you ask. Because me, I'm like, he gave us good solid ten years service, and originally we were never supposed to get Brendan Goddard because Carlton got the picks taken off him, so. Really, it's <laughs> kind of you get what. Oh, no, don't rec- don't recall that. <laughs> that probably didn't happen. But no, yeah, no, no, no. You remember you cheated in the salary cap. Just <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> I'm getting a drink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Is that we never originally should have got him, but we got him anyway. Probably helped out our team in 2009-2010. So yeah, I don't begrudge him for leaving. I mean, honestly. I think probably the coach Waters was honest with him, said we're rebuilding and this is what's going to happen. I mean, we got pick 13 and Hickey and we got Hickey, pick 13, and we traded at the Gold Coast to get Hickey and some other picks, I think. So it's probably short-term loss for a long-term gain, I hope. But I don't begrudge Goddard for leaving as he probably really does consider himself a saint at heart still. As you can see with the crying and just... Looking at some of the Essendon team songs, he just doesn't look into it as such. So, yeah, but it happens. All right, guys. Um, I think uh, that's a good um, place to leave it for now. Unless you've got anything you really want to get off your chest. Well, I, no. just, well, I just hope we get some key defenders and maybe... I don't think we'll be going for Tom Boyd this year too. I'll just point that out. Just hopefully get another midfielder and just wait, get a key forward down the line, get our midfielder to develop. Yeah, everyone's after Tom Boyd. Well, did you hear where he was cited today? Oh, where was he cited today? He was cited He was cited at Carlton today. He's a Carlton supporter. He's a grown-up Carlton supporter. He wanted sausages. He wanted <laughs> sausages sausage with meat. Yeah. Sausage. Everybody's suitably placated now. <laughs> I'm not really sure where that video was going from Malthouse.
to head into the second half, and uh, ODN has been doing... Oh, it's only half over. ODN has been doing <laughs> it's, like, it's like the Friday night's game. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so o- ODN's been doing some of his uh, some of his own research in his own time, and uh, we thought we should uh, give some time to him to uh, discuss what he's been learning about new coaches. So, ODN... Yeah, what this was uh, this was this was Chief who uh, gave me some homework to do a few weeks ago, and I've been uh, I've been Chief on the cutting room floor a couple of times. Since. So, yeah, yeah. Look, r- regarding the the boost that uh, clubs get um, when they sack coaches before the end of the season, um, um, I, I think AFL dot com might have done a small article on this. Apparently, so they stole our thunder. Um, but um, but I did the research, so bloody hell, I'm doing. I'm, I'm going to say it. Um, since 1980, uh, a coach has been replaced before the end of the season 32 times. So nearly won a season on average. 16 of those times, the team came out and won the next week. Twice they drew, 14 losses. So we've got, we're more than 50% we're looking at there. And considering most of these teams were the coaches walked, you know, coaches left because they weren't doing too well. Um, that's 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 pretty damning for the for the player groups, I, I reckon. Um, Twenty four times, the winning percentage of that team of, of out of those thirty two teams, twenty four times the winning percentage improved um, between that time and the end of the season. Twenty one times the percentage improved. So even if they didn't win that first week, um, they did better under the caretaker coach or the new coach coming in. Um, we're looking somewhere, somewhere like I think under the old coach it was 24% win, winning percentage uh, under the new coach 37 so that's a fair bump but just uh, just got there's a bit of a there's a bit of a pattern it happened seven times during the 80s eight times during the 90s 11 times during the noughties and six times since 2010 so um, you know we're, we're ahead of the curve for this decade as well, so and I guess that's something to do with the, uh, you know, uh, just supporters aren't willing to put up with you know, crap performances for too long, and uh, you know once you have a big loss, um, you know the knives are out, the, the the media attention is greater than it used to be. So I, I just think, uh, yeah, this is happening a lot more. Three coaches have been sacked twice mid-year. <laughs> and, oh, and, and, I mean, no one learned, did they? <laughs> and, 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 and two of them have only had two coaching gigs and they've been sacked both times without seeing out the, the full season. Anybody want to have a hazard a guess as to who those two guys are? Well, I love these games. Terry Wallace. Uh, and Wookie, Wookie was here last week when we had an off-the-cuff discussion, so you should shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so so oh, one is Terry Wallace. Cheeks. One is Terry Wallace, yeah. Rodney Eade. Exactly. Yeah, Rodney Eade. Oh, I was yeah, going to so say Ken Judge. Two for two. I mean, <laughs> he, he technically, I mean, he basically had to leave in his last gig because um, he, he wanted to stay on for the rest of the season, but I don't think the players were behind him, so so he, he left with a couple of games to go. Um, so what's, so what's, your, what's your verdict? Is, is, oh, look, it's, it's oh, well, the myth isn't busted. I think, I, I think uh, sorry, the, very much upheld. It's, uh, it, it's, it's definitely... Definitely a pattern there of uh, of teams suddenly finding something once the old coach goes. Suddenly um, remembering how to play football. Yeah, look, uh, 
Are the teams that set coaches now less hopeless than the teams that used to set coaches in the 80s? <laughs> well, and so they are, they are they're, they're well, less hopeless. So it's not Footscray sacking some guy in 1987 and, and, and having no hope anyway because they're hopeless. They're teams that are just underperforming the coach goes, much like, say, I don't know, when um, Brett Ratton took over from uh, what's his face? Pagan. Pagan. Took over from Dennis Pagan. He did really well after that, didn't he? Yeah, well, you know, we can speculate as to the reasons. They became a bit more competitive. Yeah, they got both their tracks on the on, both their tracks on. Got their actually, turret, turret actually, pointing in the right direction. We actually uh, we actually lost uh, six six out of six, but we improved our percentage. So um, yeah, read into that what you will. Which, which, um, which teams made the most changes mid-year, Odin? Uh, Western Bulldogs have, uh, have have sacked coaches midstream four times, and so have Melbourne. Um, three what? teams haven't done it at all during that period of time. What, what period of time was it? Uh, since 1980. Ah. So, so during that period of time, three teams haven't sacked, sacked a coach midstream at all, and they're, uh, they're uh, Essendon, Geelong, and West Coast. Oh, well, hmm. I, while I applaud the thoroughness of your uh, investigation, uh, I have to say that... There weren't it, enough numbers yet. That's what you're going to say, it, aren't you? It, I have to say that it lacks <laughs> Sorry, something, and so I've actually gone looking for the afl.com.au article. And... Uh, I would have got in first. He's dissing I mean, your work, man. I would. I would. I would, I, I would I, well, I mean, I can run through every coach and their record when they when they left, if you like. <laughs> well, you tell me what you want. You're still right, actually, because it's, it's still the Bulldogs, but it's 11 changes mid-season they've made in their in their 116 years. Um, North Melbourne 10, St Kilda 7, Carlton and Fitzroy 6 each, South Melbourne 5, West Coast, Greater Western Sydney and Gold Coast, no changes mid-season. West Coast is a surprising one there. Obviously, GWS and Gold Coast, no surprises at all. But yeah, uh, I, don't, I, I didn't want to go back to the t- turn of the previous century, mate, where they were bloody, hey, hey. you know, but somebody got God. tuberculosis and had to sack a case. The onset of World War just says, hmm, I have to go. <laughs> yeah, come on. Go on se- se- 72 in-season coaching changes. 66% of teams have fared better after the change. Yeah. See, you know, that, that, that article stat? came out after we alluded to it last week. So, um, yeah, it AFL. did actually. It literally came out the day after. Yeah, <laughs> I, I blame you for that. <laughs> their, their research yeah. departments are probably AFL a little bit stronger than mine. Is website. Yeah. I had a website. AFL put up a website. You know. Yeah, yeah teams right. who have sacked their coach yeah. during the season have won their next game forty-one point seven percent of the time. So it's just fifty-fifty, isn't it? <laughs> just flip a coin. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, but li- yeah. those stats aren't also taken into account of the competitiveness of the teams. I mean, I saw Melbourne after they sacked Neil, and they were well, probably hundred percent more better than what they were. I've actually got Craig. a full spreadsheet here of of uh, Supercoach scores after on the first game after a uh, this coach has been stacked. I'll start at uh, row one, cell one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> no, I don't, no, it does. It no, takes, no, well, no, dream team scores, yes. But Melbourne's percentage has risen by about um, by about five and a half percent in those three weeks since Neil went. So um, yeah, they're trying. They're slowly pegging it back. So do you think? So I mean, is this the players just going? Oh, you know, all right, we hate the old guy. Let's go on with this new one. Or is it 
that the coaches are better. Well, you'd think you think players. Just, oh well, I'll, I'll start. To, I'll start playing properly now. now that well, it's like I've got to. I've got to impress the new guy because I might be out of a job. And you think that would be the initial reason why you might get a a win or a very competitive um, result in week one. Um, but um, you know, I don't. I don't know that it that it holds. Um, I'm not a fan of the tail wagging the dog. And there's so many buddy coach coach killing lists out there. I think. Um, yeah, it's if, whatever the reason. You've got to think there's, there's some sort of we, we've got highly paid professional footballers that are, that are that are waltzing around the park, just just going through the motions at times, and um, you know until they get uh, an environment that's conducive to their to their development. Um, um, yeah, it's a, it's 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 a bit of a cop out. I think you know you can make a you can make a point about you know you can go to different people within the club and talk about the coach and how and you know what you don't like about it and that you know you want to leave next year if he if he stays and whatever you want to do but there's no reason not to go out there and play for the supporters in my view yeah. well, well mm. there we go that's what you get when you set ODN homework <laughs> awesome that was good that was great yeah, yeah. that's great <laughs> although I must say Wookie coming in over the top and basically that was that it was showed great. a certain lack of esprit de corps on this podcast. Esprit de corps? Yeah, well, it, it, hanging out that's, the dry. that's French. Yeah, that's French. It, it, he, he cut, of the core. It was bad. That's what it was. He, he, cut, he cut me for a couple of weeks, and then he tries to go and usurp me by quoting somebody else's work. That's, uh, yeah. that's, that's not cool. Just, there we go. Well, so in this podcast, we've used the phrase esprit de corps and the word usurp. How about that? So. So what we're going to do, we've decided, is we're going to have to sack Whoopi as the leader of this podcast, and I think we'll see an improvement next next week. All right. Can everybody practice, everybody practice their deepest voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking the week off next week. Chief said so. No, no. All right. <laughs> once, door, once Dawes um, scored big this weekend, we'll be bringing him in to lead it. <laughs> It'll be, it'll have a certain North Melbourne flavour to it. Yeah, there will be a few. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to move into the final segment, guys. We've got round sixteen coming up, and uh, what appeals to you about round sixteen? And perhaps uh, we'll start with ODM. Quickly looks at fixture. Um, <laughs> Richmond, Gold Coast, uh, up in Cairns. Um, yeah, we know we know how Richmond have gone against the Gold Coast so far. Uh, they had a bit of a slip up last weekend. And um, just, uh, I, you know, I thought they were better than that, and they probably still are. But you know, they've got to win this game to show that they have—they're uh, not falling in a heap. Um, and, and also, also the Western, the Western Derby, Derby, whatever they want to call it, um, that'll that'll be that'll be a pretty good game this week. Okay. What about you, Messenger? What are you looking forward to, Mark? Oh, look. There's nothing. I, I love a, a, the possibility of a big shellacking and Geelong heading down to Skilled Stadium, and it's going to be like the lion, the Christians and the Lions on Saturday. Melbourne are going to wander out there into Skilled Stadium. Could be, could be an absolute poleaxing of biblical and Russell Crowe in the middle. There. He's oh, stick with me. Stick with me. Stick with me. It's going to be worse than that. Uh, it Scoring record might be under threat. Oh, yeah. Uh, evidently, uh, GWS not being rushed into tabling an offer for Lance Franklin. Latest news on AFL.com.au. 
Oh, there's saying. a lot, lot of scuttlebutt going around that's not entirely true about that situation. But anyway. 12 million over five or six years. Yeah, I heard 92 million over 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> and all the falafel he can eat. <laughs> uh, Chief, what are you looking forward to on the weekend, mate? Um, I don't know. Jesus, who cares? Are you going somewhere? <laughs> you going, what's on the social calendar this week? I've got a barbecue on, on Saturday. I've got a new niece. Free, free sausages? You're going down to Princess Park? Uh, yeah, no, actually, um, <laughs> um, actually, Richmond Gold Coast, I've, I, I was at the, the, my son's footy this afternoon and there's a couple of Richmond supporters there going to go up to, to um, Cairns for the for a couple of days and have a party on and all that sort of thing. But they're, they're very nervous. They're very nervous. Um, so it should be a good... It, I mean, it should be a good game. One hopes. Um, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. See how Gold Coast are going. They're, you know, they're a promising team. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, and Cookson, what are you looking forward to this week, mate? I'm looking forward to see how Port Adelaide goes against Hawthorne. But they brought their game to Sydney and to see how they do against the Hawks will also be quite entertaining. Uh, Richmond versus Gold Coast Suns. Again, well, more of a morbid fascination with that game just to see what could possibly go wrong. <laughs> Same with Geelong Melbourne and Sydney Greater Western Sydney. Also, Eagles Freo should be good and hopefully seeing St Kilda win. I right, might yeah. as well discuss the other couple of games you missed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just I think it'll be interesting we like because, sports. I mean, we did we did ascertain that Carlton played Bruce Feet football, but Mark McClure had something to say about uh, everybody's favourite tough man, Bryce Gibbs. Uh, we, he said he's he's not he's not the uh, not the bravest footballer I've ever seen run around. <laughs> yeah, well, a lot of Carlton play uh, Carlton. Identities had a bit to say. Uh, Bruce, yep. Ma- Bruce Matheson had something to say. Um, Alex Jezelenko. Uh, the whole team's crap. Yeah, Kuda. Yeah, Kuda. Kuda thought we were a top four team that, um, that doesn't know what's going wrong. Has he broken the walls wet lately? Then. Mm, there's uh, every man and his dogs had something to say about Carlton this week. It'll keep happening. And we are no exception. Oh, well. Holy crap, they've got Superman t-shirts on the uh, AFL website. New merchandise. Superman with your club logo behind it. That is awesome. Oh, fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a GWS one. Right one. Now. <laughs> 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 All right, oh, Cookson. they do too. In cl- oh, look. Superman right. for Adelaide. Oh, wow. They're only $40 for men and 35 for youth. Five bucks off for youth. If you're really know youth. they need the help. Who was, who was your Ma- Superman? Is Melbourne's one just going to be a photo of Nathan Jones, though? Because I'm just looking at them. No, that's really Jack Watts. That. Jack Watts. It's... Jack Watts with his underpants on the outside. <laughs> Super thorough. Is this going to be their new way of making money? <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right, there's guys. a picture of Ryan Griffin wearing the Bulldogs one. Ooh. The St Kilda one is just the Superman logo with white on the background. Original, I know, original. Good work. (laughs) Okay, guys, we're going to wrap it up. Um, It's been a a reasonable podcast of dubious quality. (laughs) (laughs) 
We'll see how the editing process goes. Who's false that? Who's false that? We need to be led. We need to be led in a certain direction. We are clay. Lead us. Mold us. Just, just before I go, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that there were a number of other podcasts you can listen to that may even be better than this one. No, not a chance. Based on tonight's podcast, I know the Absolutely Blues. Possible. I know the Blues one is That's... just full of us ranting for half an hour, so I steer clear of that. And um, yeah, the, uh, I think the Bombers have got their first one out, uh, so check your relative boards oh. for that. Oh, I'm going there. Pulse I'll just be like 30 minutes to someone being delusional. It's like, no, that didn't happen. What do you want about? Like a, We're recording an acid thing. trip. Like... <laughs> <laughs> colours, man, the colours. <laughs> That'll be some Hendrix in the background. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, guys, I'm going to say goodnight to you all. Good night, ODN. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night, Messenger. Nelson, Nelson Mandela, he lives. <laughs> good night, Chief. Good night. And good night, Cookson. Thanks for coming on, mate. You've uh, been a pleasure to have you on. Night all. <laughs> and uh, good night from me. We'll see you all on the forums. <laughs>